0: I love that song. I should have preempted it with uh, Notorious B.I.G. featuring the guy I kicked out of a bar, Ja Rule.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Let's not piss off Ja Rule. I think he knows O.J. Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's unsportsmanlike convo. And here are your hosts... Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti.
0: All right, Pep dancing away with his ice orange mocha frappuccino from <laughs> Mocha Loca.
1: You got I'm it. Soon, you nailed it, buddy. Soon the soon best to be in the biz. <laughs> yeah.
0: How you doing, buddy?
1: <laughs> I'm doing wonderful. How you doing, pal?
0: Hey, I well, I'd say I can't complain. But hey, it's uh, it's hot. It's sticky. It's summertime. Yes. And
1: uh, whatever, I'm dealing. It's fun. Did you guys get any of that storm uh, that uh, supposedly passed through our area this afternoon when my phone went off about five times uh, with a weather warning and we didn't get a drop of rain?
0: Oh, uh, no, I didn't get any warnings. Uh, I did see that on the Weather Channel and I saw it getting dark. Uh, And then I couldn't see the clouds from the angle I was sitting in Dairy Queen, but uh, <laughs> i did not see any ice cream ice cream i saw a lot of ice cream
1: <laughs> Yes. Oh, uh, <laughs> i couldn't see any I ice cream see so i ordered any it. ice cream <laughs> <so>
0: <laughs> it was a report card day for the kids so uh they oh how'd they do r- they had good reports so we took them to uh, dairy queen
1: Nice. I, th- I nice. think we would have
0: taken the Dairy Queen if they had bad reports, but uh, <laughs> they did well. I was proud of them. So we ended up at Dairy All right. Queen uh, right after school, a little treat. And uh, tomorrow's the last day of school, and then it's summertime for everybody. So it should be interesting.
1: Right on, man. Congratulations. Off to what grades?
0: Uh, two and five.
1: Five. Ooh, the big leagues. Yeah. Yeah. I so- had a girl.
0: She's already got her first uh, boy invite to uh, her birthday party. That's whatever. She has her birthday in the summertime, so she's trying to get a birthday party now. So anyway, yada, yada. It's like nine girls and this one guy she's inviting.
1: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Has has he met daddy? Oh, he's gonna. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. Anyway.
0: All right. Moving on. Wow. It's, uh, hey, there's so much stuff that happens in sports, and it's like I don't even realize it until we started doing these shows, because there's so many things I want to cover. There's so many things that we want to address, but it's a, it's such a mishmash of sports, because we follow a lot of stuff. And um, you came up with a great idea, and we're going to do it today, of terms of basically... A headliners episode, so you're gonna name all your headliners. Hold on, I do have a headliner background. <laughs> that I was trying to figure out, but of the new it's Leno. This just in, Peps headlines.
1: <laughs> I do <don't laughs> Wow. That's,
0: all right, uh... not my not my best <laughs> work. And this will be something that if we do keep it <laughs> as a, uh, oh. I was gonna play uh, Drake's song Headliners in the background. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. That'd have been good.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. I
1: so like let's... I like your uh, your the, I like that. I like what you just did. Sort of the uh, you know the news uh, the news background. Dun, 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 dun. Peps yeah. headlines. Peps headlines. <laughs> All right. Oh, spe- speaking of Peps headlines. Um, so, a little bit of feedback from last week's episode. Uh, I guess our uniform critique uh, wasn't a huge hit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Was it boring? Okay. Is that why? I, I guess, I guess, out of the three of us, uh, you know, uh, being you, Curtis, and myself, um, from what I understand, I maybe took it a little too seriously from some of our listeners. And uh, I apologize for my close <laughs> friends who follow me on Facebook and who follow me for however long, uh, you probably know that I'm a bit of a uniform geek. Uh, I I collect a lot of jerseys, and I'm quite particular about certain uniforms in all the major sports. Um, Some are super nice and rich in tradition, and some are ugly as shit. And um, it matters. Like, it matters to me, man. Like, it matters. Florida Gators look great. Orange and blue, it's nice. You know? (laughs) Iowa Hawkeyes, black and yellow, baby. Woo, they look good. Florida State Seminoles also look really good. Nice color scheme. You know, you know who doesn't look good though? The Jacksonville Jaguars. The
0: Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: Yeah, they got like f- what's their primary color? Uh t- that's exactly team, maybe I don't know every co- every team has a primary i'd say black i don't know if it's black though the helmet's black but anyway apparently this this type of banter this back and forth bores a couple of people so right, i'm just so. going to just going to say that i'm sorry um my passion for uniforms came out in a in a and it was late and it came out in a big way and uh what can i say i, I i'm sorry not sorry like i it's just uh sorry you not know, sorry
0: The best thing about it being a podcast, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, there's a little button that you press and it goes forward 30 seconds. And you can press that about five, (laughs) six times and boom, you're on to another topic. I do it all the time. It's wonderful. So if we start talking uniforms or Pep gets into his nostalgic jersey flow, just hit that 30 second button. You'll be
1: fine. Go ahead and hit it. Just don't tell me you hit it. But go ahead and hit it.
0: and all seriousness, no, we do appreciate the feedback, and I For think sure. Curtis probably felt where that segment was going because by the time it got to him, he's like, eh, I don't care, Montreal, Toronto, Hamilton," but, and just listed them all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not... like, <laughs> so I think he did us a favor at that point and really like shut her down. I can
1: appreciate that. Anyway, I think he was. Uh, I think he was surprised that I actually like noticed socks on on their like the stripes on the socks even, and he was just sort of. Um, it was it was um, yeah, he wasn't as into it as you and I, or or me at least. Anyway, <laughs>
0: well, yeah, I had to go back and take a look because you're like, oh, I don't like autos because of their piping, and I was like, oh, I only looked at the jersey and helmet; I didn't get the full image look. And anyway,
1: <laughs> hey, to, uh, to Curtis's credit, though, he nailed, absolutely nailed his analysis with the Red Blacks. Did
0: he call it, rhymes?
1: He did. He, he called rhymes, and uh, you know, he named off. Like, you know, some of the players that he thought were going to have successful years and, uh, re- as, in terms of replacements. And, like, I had a fifth row seat, 50 yard line to the Red Blacks Saskatchewan game. And, uh, they, I, I, we won't get into it in CFL right now, but, uh, they looked very, very, very strong. At least the Red Blacks, uh, you know, I think they've proven now that they're going to be okay with Davis at quarterback.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I was impressed with it. Anyway, again, we're not getting yeah. into that too deep right now, but good on them. And uh, you know, I think I picked the Tiger Cats to finish first, niece, and they looked really good this week. Anyway,
1: sixty-four points. Oh, Toronto <clears throat> did not look good. Toronto, they gave did up not sixty-four points. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, and kudos um, to Curtis for nailing that.
0: Kudos to Curtis. So we'll uh, see what his uh, CFL West is. Sometime we'll get that analysis as well. For sure.
1: Let's crank out that uh, headlines. Cue up again.
0: All right, here we go. First, it starts with old little Jay Leno. First headlines of the new millennium. <laughs> this is Pep's headlines. I forgot I'm supposed to talk. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, oh. <It's> just <laughs> 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 okay. Well, welcome to the first edition of uh, Headlines. It's not Pep's Headlines. It's, it's our Headlines, but these are my Headlines. So, yes, I guess they're Pep's Headlines. Um, there's a lot <laughs> going on in the world of sports right now. I know it's the dog days of summer. I, I think they actually officially start in July. But, you know, with uh, the NBA being done, hockey being done, football mini camps are over, and uh, really the only game left in town are the uh, the Blue Jays and, and MLB baseball. And, of course, Wimbledon's coming mm-hmm. up. Um <clears throat> I'm surprised to read this morning that uh, Federer is ranked uh, ahead of Nadal for this tournament. But anyway, I'm going to name off some headlines here, and uh, Brock and I will pick a few and discuss them. So to this morning, Gasol, Mark Gasol from the Toronto Raptors, exercised his $25 million player option with the Raptors. Uh, the Panthers' uh, Roberto Luongo, his first name slipped my mind for a second, uh, retired After 19 seasons in the NHL, that's a great long career. Uh, Classy guy. Kevin Durant uh, has declined his $30 million option, $31 million option, to become an unrestricted free agent. Uh, I don't know if that's just, um, you know, something that his his agent had suggested he do, but he has declined his option. So he's now an unrestricted free agent. A two-year-old was struck by a foul ball in Houston uh, and ended up with a fractured skull and had some seizures in hospital. And I'm looking at the image right in front of me now. And uh, the Cubs player who hit that ball is embracing the mother of that child. And they're in tears. And it's a a real thing. And uh, uh, they're going to start, the MLB is going to start expanding that netting. Uh, I would think right down to the foul pole. So, uh, very sad story. That I mean, the kid is okay. He's in serious but stable condition. Um, and we're hoping for a quick recovery there. Uh, the Clippers could bring back Tobias Harris if Kawhi fails to sign with them. Um, good plan B, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Yankees, Giancarlo Stanton is back on the DL. I feel like he hasn't played at all this year. But they, they've signed some players to replace them. The Rockets want a first round pick for Clint Capella, Gordon, or Tucker to use as bait to get Jimmy Butler away from Philadelphia in a sign trade. Interesting.
0: Hmm.
1: Multiple teams have reached out to Marner, Mitch Marner, that is. Uh, I don't know what the situation is there. Maybe you can touch upon that. That might be something I'd like to, t- to hear your opinion about, Brock. And lastly, Kawhi Leonard is going to meet with the Knicks uh, two days after Kevin Durant is supposed to meet with them. Any any story behind that? I don't think so. I think it's just them doing their diligence and really? uh, Kawhi Leonard being a gentleman. So anyway, there's some headlines uh, that I thought were pertinent today and we can pick a couple and talk about them. Brock, what do you think?
0: Yeah, sorry. I was taking notes at the same time because I don't know what your headlines are going to be, but uh, yeah. uh, the Kawhi stuff, the Marner uh the 2-year-old that hit by the ball um praying that she's okay i think that happened a few weeks ago cuz i remember seeing that uh that clip a little while back and it was probably one of the more um, emotionally powerful scenes that i had seen on a baseball field cuz it's immediately after that uh that guy hit the ball <clears throat> he he actually said in his interview after that when he looked in the st- into the stands he basically locked eyes with that girl, like that was who his focal point was on, and saw the ball hit, and you know, obviously was extremely affected. You know, swung and missed, and just basically got out of that uh, at bat. Uh, there's another scene later where he's hugging—I don't know if it's a mother—but he's hugging the security guard who was res- yeah. who was at the field, um, and he had a big thing after the game saying like you know, I'm going to be connected to this girl for the rest of my life and this family. Like, basically, I want to get out of here and go find out what's going on and whatnot. Yeah. Um, Extremely scary Um, scene without actually seeing any of it. All you see is what's happening around. Um, But uh, f- I fully support. There was another game not that long ago that had the same type of thing. And, um, you know, the kid was okay. But they have to, with the amount of balls that are, Streamlined out of there, um, you got to extend the nets at least to, you know, halfway through the outfield. You know, anywhere where realistically a line drive can go into the the stands has to be addressed. Um, hockey did it. Well, hockey did it. Oh my goodness, I remember being at, um, <clears throat> what was that kid's name that played for the Ottawa Senators? Havlat. Martin Havlat used to come into the Bulldog all the time. And one of the nights he stayed after and was having a few drinks and whatever. And uh, I was chatting him up, you know, he was a super nice guy. And then somebody's like, oh, he's a Leaf fan because I was a Leaf fan at the time. And he's like, he's like, so like he's still a fan. And he's like, oh, you want tickets for the next Leaf game? I was like, oh, sure. So he gave me these tickets and I was like front row second level, 200 levels front row, but behind the net. And there was no uh, netting at that point. And all I kept thinking was, I am, if somebody took a slap shot that just cleared the glass, so without having any speed decrease getting into the stands, it's going right in my face. And, you know, it wasn't the most enjoyable uh, way to watch a hockey game when you're just trying to make sure you're, you're going to duck speeding pucks at your face so i was happy to know that they did that
1: i I, uh, i'd have to look it up on my ipad here the uh i think there was a year where uh, where somebody died if i'm not mistaken getting hit by a puck in the nhl a fan died and uh i think that's what prompted the netting i hope that's not what it's going to take in baseball you know the the ball now that we have all these metrics right like the uh exit velocity and things like that we know how fast the balls are leaving the bat and it's usually five or ten miles per hour faster than it's being pitched you get beaten by a 90 90 mile an hour fastball you're in big trouble with without a helmet could you imagine getting hit by a 110 mile an hour like home run swing sitting in uh you know above the third baseline so you know i've been to my share of ottawa champion games where we usually sit geez The last couple of games, I've sat above first base, just above first base. And uh, or if I'm not there, I'm just above third base. But usually above first base, uh, there was a screamer that got hit to us. Well, maybe a couple. I was there with my friend Nola and a screamer got hit to us. It was coming right for my head or her head. And thankfully a kid in front of us stuck his glove out and caught it. Cause I didn't have my glove and I was kind of, I'm like, Oh my God, this is coming towards us. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, thank the kid. Like I said, the kid caught it, but like, I, you know, if I was had my head turned and that beamed me, I don't know, man, like, I don't know. So, you know, for them to not take fan security as paramount in terms of like safety, you know, the MLB uh, needs to do this. It needs to do this now. And forget about how it looks. And, you know, the, the, those are those are prime seats and they're, they're the priciest ones. Look, man, people are still going to come to the games whether they have to look through a mesh or not. So yeah, that yeah. was tough. It, it might, and, am I wrong about that hockey player, hockey uh, fan getting hit by a puck and, and dying? Uh,
0: no, I just uh, had it up here. So it was her name was Brittany Cecil. And uh, she was 13 at the time, and she was hit in the head by the def- uh, puck that went in the stands at a Columbus Blue Jackets game in Columbus 2002. Columbus Blue Jackets,
1: yes. Who sh- who's who? Were they playing? Was it a Columbus player? Was it a? Oh, uh, I'm not I just sure. Had if a curio- I have that just out of curiosity, just out of morbid curiosity,
0: but uh, you no, know, Columbus Blue Jackets game doesn't say who shot the puck or anything like that. But uh, wow. that was 2002. So, um. The other thing, too, when you talk about a mesh, I find like a baseball game is one of those games where a lot of people, you take your attention away from the field in, at bats and stuff because it, they are long. It's a little bit slower. Um, so it's very it's it's even more dangerous if you're not paying attention. You know, you're worried about getting a bag of peanuts or a hot dog yeah. or you're getting a beer or you're, you know, you know there's something going on. Somewhere else, and you're just kind of taking your focus away from that, where uh you know you don't have uh people selling hot dogs and beer and stuff at a hockey game during play um, they wait for stoppages and I don't know if that has anything to do with safety or if it's just for the fact that you're blocking somebody's view or distracting it from a from a game that's a little bit quicker, um, but they just don't have that anyway I say. I mean, there's a lot of interesting ones. Luongo retiring, touch on it briefly. That guy's a character. Hopefully his Twitter doesn't retire because he's usually very good with that. And I can see him getting into some sort of media um, because he does have a very um, charismatic demeanor, and, and he's funny, and people like him, and he's, he's always been an elite goalie but never reached the pinnacle. And, uh, Close, eh? close was, was
1: he the was he the goalie for the canucks when they lost to the bruins
0: uh, i want to say yes
1: yeah i think he was uh, he came close he had a good good long career i think he was mi- mired by some injuries in the last few years but uh you know happy trails happy trails buddy a great career a nice way to finish out in florida too bad there weren't any more fans to watch you play but uh you know not a bad uh not a bad state to uh, end your career in nice sunny state and Um, I, you know, I enjoyed watching him over those 19 seasons. Geez, 19 seasons, eh? Wow.
0: Yeah. And really, you didn't watch it for 19 seasons because Vancouver was, meh, you didn't see a lot of games over here. Nobody really cared. Florida, you don't get anything on TV. So really, he could have retired four years ago, and I don't think you would have noticed. (laughs) That's a good point. It's a good point. You know, like, (laughs) that was, that was more of a surprise. Like, oh, he retires. Like, ah, he's still fucking playing. All right.
1: Anyway. Kawhi Leonard, can we touch upon that really quickly? I know we, we've, I feel like we've, we've just hammered that piece of steak, but like, I just, uh, you know, the more I think about this whole Kawhi Leonard change in teams and, you know, actually, actually considering moving, the the more it, it just sort of baffles me a bit. And I, you know, I understand the fact that his family's from SoCal. So, he's going to take the Clippers and Lakers. Look, listen, if, if people think the Lakers are out of this, they're, they're sadly mistaken. The Lakers have, some serious uh, sell power with what they can offer. But do they you have know, they cap
0: have, room? I heard they didn't have cap room.
1: You know, they can adjust. So if they adjust, the fact of the matter is this. Toronto could offer him the most money out of any team in the NBA. There's no way that can offer him more money for and with term than the, than the Raptors. So money is not an issue. If it was money, he's going to resign in Toronto. <clears throat> so clearly there's a family element there. or Or just wanting to come back home to play. I think he always, when this season started... He did not take the Raptors seriously in terms of re-signing with them. He was committed to the year, committed to getting healthy again, and all of a sudden they turned into a pretty good team. So, but he his intent was to go back home. Now, winning a championship and having an entire country from P.E.I. to British Columbia root for you like you're a hero of an entire country, it's going to have an effect on you, and clearly it has. And I think he's strongly considering re-signing. But you know, we talked about this just before we got on air today about the Clippers being a viable choice. I don't understand. I don't understand. There are two veteran guys, Patrick Beverly and Daniil Gallinari. Uh, they, Gallinari is trade bait, and Patrick Beverly is a UFA. And teams, if you're listening, go get Patrick Beverly if you want an agitator, a guy who plays defense. But if they lose those two guys, who's left? Lou Williams?
0: They won 48 games last year, right? Yeah,
1: they, You know, they did, and I, I, again... Kudos to to Doc Rivers and his staff for overachieving and actually winning a couple of games with uh, against the Warriors with Durant in the lineup. But you know, <clears throat> to the uh, defense of the elite teams in the West, the bottom rung weren't that strong. Like there was a battle for for the last spot with the Timberwolves and the Clippers and a couple of other teams you know, whoever was going to get that eight spot was just going to get slaughtered by the Warriors anyway. So, you know, they were just, it was just the inevitable was going to happen. But, you know, yeah, kudos to them. 48 games is no joke. You know, that's, uh, and, you know, they weren't an extremely talented team, but they worked harder than everybody else. But usually those types of teams don't have a lot of lasting power. And one team that comes to mind was the uh, 2001 Orlando Magic, 2002, after McGrady left for Houston. I do know, it might have been a little later than that, actually. So they traded McGrady to Houston and were left with really a a shell of a, of a lineup, but who was their coach doc rivers. And they actually made the playoffs that year with a a roster that included John Amici and Daryl Armstrong and Ronnie cycling and a bunch of has-beens, but you know, doc rivers makes them play hard, but if he's going to, if Kawhi wants to go to a team like the Clippers, it's got to be solely based on family. So I want to I want to hear your take on it, Brock. Wh- why do you think Kawhi Leonard would leave the Toronto Raptors, an entire country, to go back to SoCal and play for a team that's not half as good as Toronto? Uh,
0: so I was listening to uh, I can't remember his first name. Ke- Kellerman at the Max Kellerman. The Max, yeah, yeah, he looks like a Max. Um. He was talking about Kawhi to the Clippers and talking about Kawhi's legacy. So his argument, and he was saying that if Kawhi goes to the Clippers, he predicts the Clippers win that first year he gets there. He thinks they're a 48-win team and that adding Kawhi brings them above what they need to and um, predicts them getting to to the finals. Now with that prediction, you know, Kawhi Leonard is one of three guys who've ever won the uh, MVP of the finals for two different teams. It's him um um uh, Oh my god, who are the other two? It's him. That's a great question. No, I know the stupid thing. Anyway, he's one of three. And Kareem Kareem Abdul and um Oh my god! It slipped my mind right wow. now. I didn't write it down. Uh, anyway, he's one of three, and they're, you know, they're like two of the arguably the best players to ever play the game. Sure. And clearly, they're they're super memorable because I can't think of the other guy's name. Anyway, if he gets to the Clippers and gets to the finals, he also predicts that he would be the finals MVP and have that chance to say he's the only guy ever to win the MVP of the finals for three separate teams and essentially solidify his legacy in terms of basketball. But the other aspect is that, one, it's home for him, but two, the thinking of how L.A. would become essentially this mecca of basketball with you have A.D. and LeBron and the Lakers, and then you have Kawhi and the Clippers – Playing out of, I think they play out of the same stadium, don't they?
1: Staples Center, yeah.
0: Yeah. And you think, okay, what kind of attention and um, rivalry and hype and all that kind of stuff that would come yeah. from that kind of um, combination, I guess, in LA, where, you know, the argument is that you've won in Toronto. Yeah. The whole country's there, but they, his argument is that Canada can't love you any more than they already do. Like, it's not going to get any better than what you currently have. And, um, you know, I don't know. There's a couple of, uh, those, those couple of points actually made a little bit of sense to me. Adding the fact that his family's in LA, but I don't know. I don't know if you think those are viable points or, uh, things that he would be considering. You talk about money and Toronto can offer the most money, but I'd love to know the final dollar value when he says, okay, you have so much more money in Toronto, but you got to pay X amount of taxes versus a little bit less in LA. What are the taxes in California versus Ontario? I know they're significantly lower. So I think like money in his pocket might actually be similar or maybe even more in LA.
1: That's very possible. I know there's a lot of loopholes uh, that we don't know about that... Uh, you know, you can't avoid tax. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that any of these players have some sort of, like, magic potion to uh, avoid tax, you know, or have these tax guys, to, you know, uh, with uh, Cayman Islands bank accounts and whatnot. I, I don't think that's not what I'm suggesting, but I am suggesting that, you know, with endorsement money and with, uh, you know, cr- so a little bit of creative community stuff, like, you know, uh, free accommodations, free food, I, I'm sure it could all even out at the end. But, uh, no, you're right. You're right. I think. It, I think that's one of the... Dr- you know unfortunate disadvantages of playing in canada um is that there's you know there's we're just heavily taxed as a as a society and it is it is what it is but when it comes to pure basketball if we just break it down into pure basketball and what's best for him in terms of basketball i, I just don't see him going anywhere the the clippers played really well last year but they're a grindhouse type team and I, I mentioned a couple of guys patrick beverly and um montrell harris thank you for turning that light on by the way i appreciate (laughs) it because it was uh
0: getting pretty dark i I should
1: probably can you see it's pretty dark on my end too eh
0: oh yeah all i see is a floating adidas label
1: yeah i'll I'll go and change that but as i was saying just briefly to end that point is that the the clippers had beverly and montrez harrell who were just grinders and harrell was actually you know i'm not sure if you watch the nba awards but the sixth man of the year there were three candidates lou williams from the clippers the second dude slips my mind, but the third candidate was Harrell. So two guys from the same team were up for the six men of the year. That's unheard of. So they had depth in in the sense of like just getting grinders on there, but uh, by no means are they uber talented. I just don't like, I just, it's not a good fit. It's not a good fit. And it's the West, man. He's got to go through. Now he's got to go through LeBron and AD. They, they weren't a factor last year. Well, guess what? They're going to be a factor. And if they get Kyrie Irving or Kemba Walker, you know, hello. I don't know if that's much of a rivalry. You know, they still got to go through the Warriors. If it's not this year, it's going to be next year. They still have to go through Houston. Houston's going to make a splash and they still got to go through Oklahoma city. Who's super talented. And they still got to go through Portland who took the Warriors, you know, who made the the Western finals. We're talking and we didn't even talk about Denver yet. Who's the number one seed in the West, you know? So like, hello, What are you talking about, bud? You want to go there? Or why don't you stay in the East where all you got to do is fight what looks to be a a bit of a shambles in Boston, Uh, Philadelphia, who knows what their roster is going to look like after July 1st. And the only team actually, the, the one team that I really I'm worried about in the East are the Pacers because they're going to have Oladipo back healthy. And he was a, he was a stud last year before he got hurt. So like, what are we talking about here? So Kawhi do the right thing, buddy. Everybody in Canada loves you um I know you'll get love anywhere you go, but you, there's nothing like the love of a Canadian country behind you and it's not like uh it's not like hockey it's different from hockey where the country's allegiances are spread out through seven teams it's different from baseball because baseball is baseball you know yeah we have b- passionate blue jay fans but they're not they're not fanatics until they make the playoffs anyway. They're not fanatics during the regular season like the Raptors fans are. So, you know, think about it, man. Think about it. And uh, I hope he stays, Brock. And I'm going to put that, I just want to put a final exclamation mark on that. I think we've, uh, until after July 1st, when when shit actually starts to happen, there's really, it's a really all speculation at this point.
0: Yeah, and I think all, we're all just kind of waiting to see what happens. And, uh, you know, he is extremely good at keeping his... Yeah. emotions in check and not letting anything slip um so yeah we're basically all on our the edge of our seats to see what plays out yeah um, you know
1: what and all these like you know with all these tampering rules no one can say anything so you know without getting fined or suspended right. or whatever so everyone's really really careful this time of year so to to, to make assumptions before july 1st i mean we're, just, we're like we're just speculating we're just giving our opinion that there's really no basis no one has any basis including max kellerman who i might add is a was a rapper Uh, before he was a boxing analyst. Look him up. Uh, I'm not even going to tell you what he did. Just look up Max (laughs) Kellerman rap video. And uh, you'll either laugh or cry, probably both. All right. I'll Um, laugh till I cry. So this might be a good time to take a break so I can turn on some lights in here. It's gotten dark all of a sudden.
0: Yeah, we will take a break. Um, Just before, it's LeBron James was the other guy who was the finals MVP for two separate teams. How did I not remember that? One of the in, best in the, players, but in the ever. same conference. This is for two separate teams. Period.
1: Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. So yes, finals course, MVP. Heat, yeah.
0: Two separate teams. Him and uh, Kareem were the only other two. Now Kawhi is in there.
1: When we come from come back from break, remind me to uh, mention. I want to. I have a. I have a take on Kyrie Irving.
0: All right. We are going to break
1: your history. <laughs> but I'm on a break.
0: We're back from break, and as you guys may have noticed, I found the clip from Roadhouse, (laughs) but I think it was okay, but Pierre says it way better.
1: But I'm on my break.
0: (laughs) This is my new favorite.
1: But I'm on my break. Uh that is yours truly, folks. I, uh, it's I'm spot gonna on. need Brock to do his own uh, his own clip there. I'm gonna get need you to practice your own uh But I'm on my break. But I'm on my break. <laughs> not bad, not bad, <laughs> <not bad. laughs>
0: you got the impressions, Kawhi's laugh and uh But I'm on my break. <laughs> oh,
1: uh,
0: uh, uh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I had Anyways. to sh- I had to shorten that clip down quite a bit because the first uh, twelve seconds of it leading up to it was not appropriate for the podcast
1: absolutely
0: well uh, yeah anyway okay you have something about uh Kyrie you wanted to talk yeah about? I, w-
1: I want to talk about Kyrie Irving there have been s- there's been so much talk about how dysfunctional it was in Boston and yeah it was and you know talk about how he's had some character issues in Cleveland uh you know wanting to leave and be the man in Boston which precipitated a trade and you know if he would have stayed in Cleveland they probably would have won another championship uh, prior to that, there were some issues with, with players in the locker room, just about, and it was really more just competitive issues. Not, not, not really like anything against people, but before, and I, uh, this isn't a recruitment on Kyrie. I'm not trying to get him to, to LA. I am a, I am a Lakers fan, by the way, not as much as a Raptors fan anymore, but I am a Lakers fan, but this, let's just not, uh, let's just not forget that he hit the game-winning shot it wasn't LeBron LeBron had a beautiful block to beat the Warriors there a couple of years ago in the finals but it was Kyrie Irving's game-winning shot that won them the title I believe it was maybe 2017 I think it was so I think people forget how good he is and how I don't know too many point guards in the NBA who have his kind of handle He went toe to toe with Steph Curry during that series in terms of ball handling, in terms of going to the hoop. So, you know, uh, I'm not defending Kyrie Irving. I think him asking to leave uh, leave from Cleveland was a really, really just a stupid move. And uh really didn't work out for either team. In fact, uh, it blew up the Cavaliers, and it didn't work out for the Celtics. I don't know why. I, thought, I think Brad Stevens is an excellent coach. I think they have some great character guys in their team. Al Horford's no longer there, but I think he's a great character guy uh, who should have worked well with him. And Gordon Hayward they picked up. I know he broke his leg in the first game of that one year, but uh, I don't know why things went the way they went in Cleveland with Kyrie. But before we shit on him too much, he's an – he is a top five point guard in the NBA and an, and an amazing scorer from the point guard position. So, um, you know, he's a UFA and I don't know where he's going to go. There's talk about Brooklyn. There's talk about, a, a, you know, reuniting with LeBron James, mm. the Knicks. Uh, you know, it's a, it's going to be a crazy summer for UFAs. So um, I just want to make I just I don't know why I felt obligated to talk about that. I heard somebody shitting on him today on the radio and I'm like, you know what? People forget. This guy won a title. He won the title for the the Cavaliers that year. He was all over the place. That was the beginning of Le- LeBron's facilitating days where he passed first, scored second. You know, they were great running mates. And I think, uh, I think they, they might get reunited in LA. I don't know. It, de- it depends. There's a lot of rumors going around. But um, anyway.
0: Well, he's, I mean, Kyrie's gone on the record as basically um, talking about his maturity and I think he apologized to LeBron because he now, since leaving, understands what LeBron was trying to do with him and trying to, uh, you know, I don't know if it was groom him or lead him or 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 whatever it may have been. But he, he it seems like he didn't appreciate it at the time as much as sure. he should have. And now he's sort of realizing that he had that. But, sure. you know, you talk about people forget. Yeah, people forget. It's sports. It's a short memory, not only for... Uh, the bad stuff and athletes are taught to, you know, forget about it, go to the next play. Don't yeah. forget your highs, your lows. Fans the same thing. If you don't give us what we need now, I don't care what you did before. It's time. Fickle. It's time now. So, um, yeah, he doesn't get a pass for you know what could have been, or what was, I guess. Um, just ask the Wizards fans when Michael Jordan was playing. Yeah, you, know? <laughs> you know. Anyway, um, Mitch Marner, Mitch talking, Marner. That was not My next changing topic. gears. Yeah. Mitch Marner, this guy is a free agent as of July first, and is arguably one of the best players on the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's my favorite player to watch on the Leafs by far. Um, I think he warrants a large contract, but. Can the Leafs afford three guys that are at 11 million or 10 million? You know, like there's got to be some give. Um, I don't know if I have a list of what teams he's supposed to be talking with, but uh, he's a guy that the Leafs have to sign.
1: I'm just curious as to, like, I remember having this conversation with Mike Ferreira just. You know, as we were watching the playoffs, as and he was
0: putting lotion on your I, body. Yeah, I got it. it.
1: no. That that was that was last uh, that was, that was last, last weekend. Okay, sorry. Yeah, last weekend. I mean, that was it's just good. a suggestion. Okay. Um, we were talking about all the Leafs players and how they're going to distribute the money. There's a salary cap in hockey, and you only have X amount of dollars. Even though Toronto's a huge market, how are they going to pay Matthews, Nylander, Marner, uh, Kapanen? You know, and then they got a couple of young guys who had really, really good breakout years. I thought Janssen played really well, so they've got a lot of young talent. But they are like any other team, going to have to make decisions on guys. And you know, M- Mike was notorious and famous for saying, like, "Let's trade Kadri. Let's get rid of Kadri." Yeah, well, it's not that easy to trade Kadri. He's he's volatile. He's in in many ways he's fragile because he gets he's easily agitated by other players. So you've got Kadji and your team, who's who's commanding a, a hefty salary, you know what do you do with a guy like him? So you've got like a you've got a lot of players and some have to go, and some have to stay. Now who do you keep? Who do you who do you deal? Who do you like? Who do you renegotiate with? Like what if you're the GM, Brock? What what's your what's your Toronto Maple Leafs team looking like next year? Who do you keep and who do who do you get rid of?
0: Uh, I signed Marner like yesterday. Um, I get rid of. I don't know. I'd probably try and dump Nylander
1: Is the team um, gonna bite on the you know considering the money he get, he got last year?
0: That's the that's the biggest hurdle. Sometimes is going to be the money, and that's why Subban didn't end up in Toronto because everybody wanted Nashville to retain some of his salary, and the Devils took it all. But the Devils have a lot of room. Like There are teams out there that can take on those those big salaries. And if you can find a suitor for them, take them. Clear some space up because you know the issues are more back end than anything else. You need to get a good solid blue liner that's not a finesse. I didn't think that um, Subban would have been a great fit necessarily either. I think personality-wise and... Uh, you know, his charisma and the way he gels with his teammates and stuff would be fine, great, but he's not the type of players that Toronto is lacking, in my opinion. I think they need somebody like a um I mean, even like a, a Weber, you know, those kind are like an old, you know, Chris Pronger type, you know, somebody who can yeah shut that back end down, um take away that four check. Where guys don't want to go into the corner with you um I don't know I think that they're missing that, but I think there's there's just too many guys that are on the cusp of being good or bad, and you gotta make a deal and make those hard choices
1: um there's um yeah, you make some like you you just nailed it, I think in terms of their what they require from their defensive core. There's a guy though who's not a defenseman who's been floating around Wayne Simmons. Who has some interest from Montreal, which I think he'd be a great fit in Montreal, especially because they need some size up front. Uh, the Minnesota Wild are a team that are interested in him as well. But what about a team like Toronto making a play for Wayne Simmons? Wouldn't he? Wouldn't he be a nice fit to protect some of these guys on a wing?
0: Yeah, I mean, hockey's changed. Yes, there's no real enforcer anymore, so you don't have the Ty Domi out there, to, or the Wendell Clark even. Um, but Wayne Simmons falls into a guy who might at least take some attention away, can step in when need be, uh, but still uh, he 's got some skill like he 's still a, uh, productive when he 's out there and um yeah I, that's really that 's what I find that the Leafs are losing or that don't they don 't have right now that back when I was a fan when I was younger, they had more of it, and that was grit. I just don't find that the Leafs have enough grit and um, toughness to kind of to take that next step. It's all to beat Bo- regular to beat season finesse, you know? And that doesn't translate into the playoffs. So you need guys who can grind. And I just don't feel like they have enough of those. They have too many of the, the, uh, the pretty three-on-three type hockey players. They love open space and, you know, fancy dancy, but... They just can't grind it out.
1: Well, I don't understand why the NHL, why more organizations in the NHL don't don't or can't figure it out yet. Look who was in the Stanley Cup final. Look at the players that made the biggest impact in the Stanley Cup final. The Ryan O'Reillys, the uh, the the David Perrons, the guys who are you know, veteran guys who, who play huge roles in these finals. And you look at Boston, they've got the pastor and the Bacchus and the, you know, the grinder guys who, who are the entire difference makers in the playoffs and the Leafs got out grinded against the Boston Bruins. You know, uh, yeah. they should build their team any way they can to beat Boston.
0: It really Boston's is always going to be there. That's you know, what it that's,
1: is. It, you know, it's like, it's like, how do we, how do you beat the Patriots? <clears throat> you you build your team if you're playing in the AFC East to beat New England. Like Buffalo in uh Buffalo Miami and the Jets haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> like you know they haven't figured out the fact that they got to build a team to beat New England. Forget about the rest of the AFC. You focus on New England. So the NHL, I mean that Toronto has to focus on Boston.
0: Yeah. That's exactly. I was listening to uh another podcast it's called Menace to Society. And it was by this guy, Zach Smith, who, if you listen to college football at all, there was the big scandal with uh, Urban Meyer. And Mm -hmm. this guy was a GA with Florida. And then left was at Ohio State with Urban. There's rumors of him, domestic abuse, I think. And um, anyway, all yada yada. He's not coaching anymore. He's on this and he does his own podcast. Um, Yeah, I'm plugging him. I'm watching it or I'm listening to it anyway because he has all this insider stuff in terms of Florida and Ohio State. And again, we want to get into college football. That's a whole other podcast, and I am excited to do it, but it won't be right now. But he talks about Urban Meyer and his focus, and he's like, we're not chasing you know, a championship or whatever. We are chasing Alabama. Alabama is the, the cream of the crop in terms of programs, terms of coaching in terms of what their players do and what Saban has done there. We are chasing Alabama, the same thing. The Leafs got to be chasing the Bruins. You know, everybody in the AFC is NFL really would be chasing the Patriots. What are they doing? How do we match up with them? How do we beat them? That's it. Everything else kind of falls into place, but you're chasing that that team.
1: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think that's what – and I will, I will probably, we should probably wrap up on our hockey talk here, but that is, for me, what the Leafs have to do. And signing Marner, I think, is a good start because he – yes, is he the biggest player on the ice? No, uh, but he's one of the smartest, and he could fill the role of a Patrice Bergeron if he – maybe with a bit more offensive skill. And that's when you start plugging in guys like, okay, who's going to be your Bergeron? Who's going to be your Marchand? You know, who's going to be your Pasternak? That and then you just start building your team like that so you can compete against Boston because man, they, they got your number, Toronto. And you know, Toronto is loaded with skill. And Freddie Anderson, I thought, played really well this year. He, you know, he took a a lot of flack, but I thought he held the net really well for Toronto. And you know, their defense suspect, a lot of mistakes in the back end, a lot of turnovers. Um you know, they they do have some holes. But I think ultimately, like you said, the grinding, getting grinders, getting guys who can muck it up both defensively and on the forecheck is going to be what they need to look for because the Lord knows they have the talent. So it's that's not the issue. You know, it's guys who can put the puck in the net. they got plenty of guys that can do that. So, um, yeah. Any yeah. final thoughts on that, Brock?
0: Um, yeah, my final one will be, um, I don't know if you heard, uh, uh, Masai guaranteeing that the Leafs were eventually going to win the cup again at some point because sports I all that. come around. Now, I don't know if that was followed by if you let me make your decisions because your GM's a <laughs> pussy. But, you know, whatever. When I talk, the Leafs, I think what the Leafs need, they need better scouts. because better scouts? Anybody can fucking tell me that Mitch Marner, um, Matthews, uh, Kadri when he was coming out, like all the guys that Leafs signed are guys that are everybody knows is going to be fucking great right yeah, yeah. Like you could tell me you, whatever you can go out to a rank and say pick out the best players you know that are going to be 10 million dollar players you can do that the yeah. key and the difference is can do you find the grinders who don't stand out on a score sheet who don't um have any flashy goals but can you Address and assess these guys who can fill in as role players for the rest of your team, and the Leafs are not doing that. They're just trying to grab high-priced talent and fill in, and say, if we just pay the most, if we just get the most guys for the who are the highest paid, we'll be fine. No, that's not how it works. And you've addressed it before. You can't. It's not like basketball where the guys on the on the uh, the ice all sixty minutes. You know, there's shifts. You get exact exhausted. You got to have guys that fill in and you got to have guys that buy into a system and the Leafs just don't seem to do it. So I'm putting a little bit of blame on uh, uh Dubas and his scouting crew. So, you know, maybe get a GM that's over 20 years old. I don't know. Do
1: something. Yeah. You, you know what's funny, Brock? And it just just did this just popped <clears throat> in my head about how oh boy, it, I now that I think about the Edmonton Oilers, you know, They, they were the Leafs a few years ago. They had all this young talent and because they were, they were so bad for so many years, they, you know, year after year they were drafting first, First, second, first, first, second, first. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Leafs were pretty bad too for a few years and they also drafted first, first, second, and, and they got all these great players. But so what the Oilers tried to do was parlay some of that offensive talent to, you know, be more, be more tough, be, be tougher, be get some grinders. And it it backfired, like in a big way. You know, dealing—I thought dealing Taylor Hall for Adam Larson might be one of the worst trades in NHL history. Uh, it's it's really going to come back and bite them in the in the in the butt. Um, you know, dealing um, Eberle Eberly. for Strome, and then Strom's not not even there anymore. So they, I think the Oilers were implementing the game plan we just discussed, but they they fucked up. They didn't get the right guys. Milan Lucic, man, like he's 10 years gone. Like he he yeah. looks like a bear on skates out there. And he was an absolute monster. I went to see the Montreal Canadiens in the playoffs in 2014. I had tickets for uh, at the Bell Centre, and they were playing the Bruins. And he was – I think he was just starting to slow down a bit there. I could tell he wasn't the force he was uh, the previous four or five years. But the guy is huge on skates. But by the time the Oilers got him, he's he's – I don't want to say washed up, because I think in the NHL, as long as you stay in relatively good shape, like Joe Thornton is a great example, but he really has slowed down. So the the Oilers have made some some boo-boos trying to implement the strategy that you and I just discussed. So, you know, scouting, you need great scouts, you need to make the right trades at the right time, not just to appease the fans. You know, the fans were clamoring for, oh, we got to trade one of these guys. We got to trade Hall, Nugent Hopkins, and get some grinders. Well, the Oilers just said, yeah, we'll do it, we'll do it. Don't, you know, we need the fans. And uh, let me let me tell you, it backfired. And now they're right back where they started. And a, a guy I feel sorry for is, is Connor McDavid because he's really all that's left from years of drafting first. You know, uh, Nugent Hopkins hasn't turned out to be anything. No, and you talk about them being bad trades.
0: Uh, I don't even think they're bad trades. Like, yeah, they didn't end up with the guy they were getting, but Taylor Hall and Eberle were not, they were readily declining in Edmonton and not living up to their expectations, their potential. The trades were great if I'm Taylor Hall's buddy or if I'm Eberle's buddy because that was a fresh start that was a, uh, uh, you know, the expectations were, I don't know if they were lowered, but you came off a couple of slow years. So I think the expectations were tempered a bit and you've exceeded them. Everly's playing awesome. Taylor Hall's playing awesome. Would they the have heart. had those? Yeah, that's decent, I guess, right?
1: Hey, Taylor Hall, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I,
0: sorry, I cut you off, Brock. Well, I was going to say like, that doesn't happen if he's in Edmonton. So, you know, in terms of from the Oilers, okay, it looks bad. But really, at the time, they weren't doing anything for you. You got rid of them. You dumped some salary. You made some bad choices as to who you got back and what you did with that money. But for the player's purpose and for yours, that was the best thing was to to part ways. And they've benefited from it. And you guys just didn't really do internally what you should have been doing you made a few bad choices on that end, but getting rid of those players at that time was probably not the worst thing.
1: Yeah. You know, you make a good point, And I, I thought it was good for both organ- the organization and the player at the time. I, at the time they traded Taylor Hall for Adam Larson, I actually remember telling somebody this is going to be a good deal because I was, I was thoroughly unimpressed with Taylor Hall uh, during his time in Edmonton. But then again, uh, McDavid wasn't there yet. So, to see what McDavid could have done with Hall, uh, at least on separate lines, or on the power play together, would have been would have been pretty special. But uh, sometimes a chain of, change of scenery just does does somebody a world of good, and uh, oh, yeah. it did uh, clearly it did Taylor Hall a world of good. He won the heart a couple of years ago, so um, pretty incredible. Anyway, uh, great. That's a great topic. I, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, what happens in the NHL. If NHL free agent frenzy is that a thing? I know they have the trade deadline frenzy, but NHL free agent frenzy. Is that coming up? Uh, July 1st. July 1st. eh? Just like at the same time as the NBA. Same day. Yeah. But uh, previous
0: to the Raptors winning the championship, most of Canada didn't care.
1: (laughs) It's, it's, It's quite the list of UFAs in the NBA, Brock. I'm not sure if you've seen the list of players, but we're talking like Durant, Kyrie Irving, uh, Kemba Walker there's some major Clay Thompson major league UFAs like uh, a summer like we've never seen so the NBA is about to get flipped upside down after July 1st if you're an NBA fan Kawhi Leonard geez I forgot Kawhi Leonard I mean
0: it's going to be an absolutely incredible
1: couple of weeks uh, if you're if you're a sports fan and you know it'll get us through to uh, you know I think mid-July and July and then hey August 1st we all know what happens in August you know, the NFL preseason starts, and <laughs> away we go. I can't wait. I'm I have already that in a
0: couple of weeks. I'm already starting my, uh, my research for my fantasy team. Uh, you and I talked about it off air, but what we're going to do is we're going to do an episode. So the NFL Network comes out with their top 100 players. Uh, they slowly release it between now and August, uh, 10 players every week maybe. Uh, Pep and I are going to do our own. And I know you said top 20 but really it's not likely there's going to be an offensive lineman in the top 20 so I say let's bump it to top 40.
1: Oh dude, I got I could think of two offensive linemen off the top of my head that are going to be top 10.
0: Oh, all right. That's yeah. uh that's not yeah. what I was expecting, but uh yeah, so it's not like fantasy point related because it's defense, it's an impact, yeah. it's o-line. Um, so I'm going to have a lot of fun actually researching this and going over and trying to rate people and put them in order. Um, if my top five are all offensive linemen, uh, then, you know, I did it wrong, but we will, uh, we'll take a look and see what we get. Anyway, that'll be another episode where we talk NFL stuff. Uh, obviously, you know, I'm pumped about that. Uh, Yeah, that's going to be, that's going
1: to be a great uh, podcast. I'm looking forward to that.
0: All right, so we are going to wrap this one up. Um, I got a couple of fast answer questions I thought I'd throw at you just kind of for fun.
1: Okay. Okay? Okay.
0: This nice little... <laughs> just to get to know Pierre a little bit. Okay. Uh, so, would it be Spock or Mr. Kirk for you? Spock. Easy. You prefer biking, jogging, or swimming?
1: Oh, God, biking.
0: Ice Frappuccino or a beer?
1: (laughs) Ice Frappuccino, bud.
0: (laughs) You're embarrassed to say that. (laughs) What's your favorite food right now? Lasagna. Really? When was the last time you had
1: lasagna? (sighs) My birthday.
0: All right. Uh, Seinfeld or friends?
1: Oh, man. Uh, Seinfeld, but I, I... Really didn't watch much of it, besides Seinfeld, for sure. Did you watch Friends at all? No. You didn't watch Friends at all? Didn't watch Friends at all.
0: All right. Then my next question of Rachel, Monica, or Phoebe is... Phoebe. (laughs) Out the window. LeBron or MJ? MJ. Mike Trout versus anybody else in the Major League Baseball?
1: Oh, Mike Trout. Mike Trout. What a stud! I
0: couldn't even come up with somebody else to put up against him. What a stud! Who is your favorite hockey player of all time? Larry Robinson. Who is your favorite basketball player of all time, not including Magic, Michael, or Kareem?
1: Well, it, it, it is it's Magic, but if I were to, if you were to ask me another player, it's Shaq.
0: Shaq, good answer. Yeah,
1: love Shaq. So my
0: Shaq or Barkley would be Shaq, I guess.
1: Jack, baby. Is that your next question?
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, what would you watch if you had to? Soccer or cricket?
1: Ah! Oh, that's tough. <laughs> cricket. Actually, cricket. Because more guys get hit in the balls in cricket.
0: That is true. Alright, and that's our two minutes of getting to know Pierre. <laughs>
1: that's pretty good. Alright, you
0: got any uh, last words?
1: Yeah, the... Uh... Washington Nationals are going to wear the Montreal Expos uniform.
0: More uniform Uh, talk. Great. We're losing listeners.
1: Yeah. They're going to wear them. I think uh, it's a game in July. They're going to wear the old 1969 baby blue Montreal Expos uniforms uh, to commemorate where their franchise got started because obviously, as many of us know, In 2004, the Expos moved from Montreal to Washington, and they became the Nationals. So that'll be kind of neat. So, uh, you know, Montreal right now, there's uh, obviously Tampa Bay. There's rumors in in the next couple of years they're going to share the season with uh, the city of Montreal. I don't know what that means for logos, names, uh, where they'll even play. I'm assuming the big O. Uh, But it's all very convoluted right now. I just know this. The Rays owner has come out and said, We are simply, and this is a quote, we are simply not well suited to stay in Florida. So that's owner talk for, uh, we're getting 500 fucking fans (laughs) to the game, and our stadium's a dump.
0: Right. Unless it's uh, spring ball and Dunrobin, nobody's going to Florida.
1: Nobody.
0: Uh, And on the Washington Nationals, uh, Scherzer breaks his nose and becomes even more dominant after he does. A day later, he pitched. It's crazy. He was... Unbelievable. This is the summer song we're going out to. It's called Old Thing Back. It is on loop in my truck. Love it. Enjoy the summer, people. We'll see you guys. or We'll be back uh, shortly. We'll be talking some NFL stuff. And uh, Pep, I bid you adieu. Bonsoiré. You, you
1: want that old thing back you <laughs> <laughs> you know like we got the with some new R U L E. you we just know
0: I was at uh, Costco the other day. I was driving through the parking lot and uh I see this kid, kid, he's in his 20s and uh he's got a shopping cart and he leaves the cart behind this car where if the car is the back out of the parking lot, it's going to hit the cart. So it's not even like leaving it somewhere this Yeah, well, yeah. Anyway, whatever. And then I see he gets into this Scion, you know, one of those fucking hippie cars. <laughs> yeah. And his buddy driving, he's got this bowl cut with a stupid look on his face, and they're laughing. And I was like, and I stopped, and I'm in the truck, and I'm like, are "You just gonna leave that there?" I said. I said, "You're not just gonna leave that there, are you?" And the doofus in the front seat driving was like, "Yeah." And then he starts going around, and my like temper, like I wanted to just get in park and get out and smash it against his car, Flash
1: the car, yeah, but <laughs> yeah.
0: I was like, I looked right at him and like made eye contact with him. And I was like, get a haircut, you fucking hippie. You look like a <laughs> you shaggy looking. That's what you gave him? I, told you, I said, get a haircut. I said, you shaggy looking motherfucker. Because he looked like the Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. But, anyway, I drove away, and I was oh howling because I'm like, what a loser. What What like, have I done? What exactly? I'm like, one, well, he probably doesn't even know who I'm talking about.
1: You know he went home and Facebooked, hey, I got into a conversation with a guy, this older guy. <laughs> this old and, guy. Uh, all, the best he had for me is, get a haircut, get you bum.
0: <laughs> and he pulled out behind me, and I just started driving really slow. I'm like, oh, is that going to make him mad? <laughs> Fuck.
1: You try to redeem yourself? <laughs> <laughs> It's over, but it's too late by that point.